Hey guys, how you doing? How's everybody doing out there? Uh, this week in Andrea Town, I invite my friend Bill Dawes to come by and chat about all things comedy. I also just recently saw his film that he did, um, so we talk about that. And uh, yeah, we talk shop. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's go. Next up, Town, Everybody, welcome to Andrea Town today. And my guest is Bill Dawes. Hi, I didn't know that was the name of the podcast. Andrea and, Town. Andrea Town. Yeah. And then people say Andrea Town. You're like, God oh, damn it. Well, you know, it depends on where you knew me and when you knew me I as knew to what Andrea. you call me. Yeah, because that's L.A. When I moved to L.A., everybody said Andrea, and so at some point I just went with it. Andrea. But it was Andrea when I was growing up in Jersey. Is that like an Italian thing? I think Andrea? so, maybe. Yeah. Andrea. And nobody could say Andrea. Andrea. <laughs> it's too fancy. You didn't know it was gonna give you cookies and cookies and a drink. I have huh? cookies. I'm gonna be licking on my teeth for the next <laughs> forty minutes. So I've known Bill since it's been like over ten years, has to be, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Met you at the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. You were uh you were one of the clients that Jamie was managing. Quote unquote clients of Jamie Masada. <laughs> Quote unquote clients. Yes. Yep. And uh you had some you had some shirt on. I forget what it was, but it was something some like something about racism or something. Do you remember? You remember your shirt? Is it about racism or is it a racist shirt? Because it's a big difference. I think it was I think it was about racism. Oh, oh, I think I had a shirt that said the white man is the devil. Yeah, I think you did have that shirt, but that wasn't it. It was something else. Um, it was something white people or Oh, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so after Hurricane Katrina, yes. Uh, when George Bush said, when uh, Kanye West said George Bush doesn't care about black people, right? Which I thought was the most hilarious thing that ever happened in, on TV history. I uh, I got a T-shirt that just said George Bush doesn't care about black people. That's what I, it was. I had it made. Like That's what it was. Douche. That's what it was. With like bubble letters. That's what it was. And it I wasn't like I was like making merch and selling these T-shirts <laughs> and making <laughs> you money should've. off it. Now everybody yeah, sells would... a T-shirt now. Everybody. Oh, I do. You oh do my too. God. I yeah. used to, in the beginning. I was like, I'm an artist. I'm not gonna sell merch. That's so da da. And now I'm out there like da 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 da. Hello, my darling. Yeah, I'm song and dancing it with a freaking top hat and a cane. What does your shirt say? My shirt is great. I can show you a picture, and maybe these, the camera people can see it too. Yeah, they can if you point it at the camera. So it's the shirt is rod. I love it. Um, keep talking while I'm looking while you for look said for your shirt. shirt. Anyway, so um, and while Jamie was managing you, I'm taking off these earrings because this is not working with this headset. Oh, that's great! Half white, half trash. It's the Miller High Life uh, logo. And you guys can get that on his website. Um, yeah, people just reach out to me and give me their address, and then Venmo me money. And really? I, I send it and to, then them, you send it to them, or I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, or they can get it at your shows. You bring them oh, to yeah, your yeah. shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's 100% what they're you know for is when I go on the road. And if by some means we get this up by Friday, you're uh-huh. at the Laugh Factory this week in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I saw you performing and Jamie, um, I don't even know how this came about, but I always wanted you to wear a suit on stage. Yeah. You're wearing a full like, like I'm going to do your taxes kind of suit. Yeah. Yeah. And then adding in a Russian accent. Oh, yeah. So it's funny. Why? Let me just say this about, I'll say this about Jamie Masada for the record, if he hears this. Oh, a he lot will of peop- hear it. I hope so. Uh, a lot of people, you know, as you go around the comedy thing, people, they, I, I find this by like the people, the artists love to talk shit about everyone, about the clubs, about the bookers, about da da. And, and these dumb young comics, I always want to like go, like, oh, like, don't listen to Jamie, or you know, meh, meh, you know, all this crap. And I'm pretty opinionated too. So there are a lot of times in my life where I was kind of like, why is Jimmy making me do this? And sometimes I thought it was ridiculous. And almost 100% of the time I look back, I go, oh, I get it. I get it. The Russian thing, I under, first of all, 
he's right about the fact, and I'm finding this out in this T-shirt. It's a good example. Is um, I, I was never like a frat comic or a mm. uh, a urban comic right. or a. I was just kind of me, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of eclectic. Like I went to Princeton, but I grew up in mostly black neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and I was an actor and the. So everything, all my thought stuff was just eclectic, and it was fine, and mm-hmm. I would do well, but it didn't really galvanize a particular following. Because you don't know who you are, you can't put your finger on like this is your lane. And even if you go, oh, I know who this person is, like who this person is, it doesn't mean that they are specific to a group of people. So. And you think that's what he was trying to do? Well, I think what what he was part of the reason was he was looking at comics. The comics that he felt were doing were, were comics. I mean, look at Larry yeah. the Cable Guy, right? Who is obviously not Larry the Cable Guy. Well, everybody, everybody that we came up with in that yeah. time frame. Yeah. Well, it was before I started doing stand up, but for, but the comics that I was watching that we were managing definitely had that. And the ones that didn't, as talented as they are still are and still work in comics yeah didn't have the same type of success yeah and then you look at i mean even people like sebastian maniscalco who's probably one of the biggest comics right in the world right now right i mean these guys with the you know that thing is that was a character that yeah. you created and got stronger in that and got character. stronger in that yeah. character as he realized now, that was the thing and now his that italian that guy you know that he, yeah he's got it doesn't mean he's not and authentic to who he is, but he definitely. No. I mean, I do think it, I do think there is a weird danger with it. Like people like like Dice Clay, who was like a Jew from Jersey, yeah, and has now become this like Italian guy somehow. Yeah. Like he probably can't get yeah. out of it. Yeah. So um, it is interesting when people cross into that because, like, I did a film with Michael Rappaport, and Michael oh, Rappaport's yeah. a Jew from New York. But isn't he exactly like that though? It's exactly who he is. But I'm just saying, as far as like he plays a lot of Italian characters, a lot of New York Italian characters, because yeah. I think the New York. Jew thing and the New York Italian very, thing is, you, they grew is up very together, similar. Yeah. Is yeah. very similar, yeah. Yeah. No, sure. he definitely that is who he is. Who he plays is who he is. Yeah, sure. but I mean he's not doing like a, vo- he's not doing a, a voice on stage. Do you think Dice Dice was doing a it was a complete shtick? I, I, I don't know and I'm not gonna talk shit about him because he's right. got a great comic and stuff. Yeah. But apparently it was a it was it started off as a character. Right. And people responded to it and then that character became his whole thing. And there are other people like Dove that we both we both know Dove and Dove yeah. is um you know that is Dove but he actually kind of exaggerates that whatever that character is he yeah. and, and it and it I think that's just really good so if, so I don't when, think that's Dove though off stage I don't think it's I, not really no. yeah it's just yeah. like he just takes a certain he aspect of personality he and, and he like accentuates it and that becomes sort of your character, but a lot of yeah, a lot of people I feel like they do it so much then they're then that person that they've created on stage is now is now them when they go home at night. It's like the demons well, yeah. are in the air like you know who you really are. <laughs> You're not really this. But you know what's what I think is even more difficult about it is because social media has become such social media is such a big part now oh, yeah. of the whole machine to where you don't ever get to turn it off. Like I follow yeah. Sebastian on social media and he's like, Hey, I'm making some scongeal. You know what I mean? It's like you gotta keep it on all the time. Yeah, yeah. You you can't turn it off yeah. because you're filming your life and you're in your life and that I think it, that, that well, would be Well, at least Sebastian's hard. actually Italian and not a Jew from Jersey, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's that's totally it, yeah. Um, so the, with the right, so back to the Russians thing, yeah. I think Jamie was kind of looking at me going like, okay, here's a guy who can act and do accents and, you know, whatever. Like, let's, I think it was twofold. One, it was him just like break out of your comfort zone. Because whatever you're doing right now isn't really working. Of course, when I'm in, I'm like, what do you mean it's not working? But from his point of view, he goes, it's not really working. Let's let's make you a better comic by going up there only as a Russian. I think he saw you like a son. You were like his son in a lot of ways. I remember that because he would just, the way that he treated you and your guys' relationship, it was like, yeah. Yeah, but now that he has a son, I'm, Does he have a me. son? I thought he had a daughter. He has a daughter and a son. Wow. He's two. So the son's younger. Yeah, just, they, it just came, they just came out it. like a week ago. Crazy. Not a week, like a month. Crazy. Jamie's popping out kids. Popping out kids, man. Uh, wow. So, so th- that and two, I, I also thought he believed uh, it could maybe create a character that, that could become a character. I remember there was a guy who used to work at the New York. I think he worked in the LA Laugh Factory, New York Laugh Factory when I met him. <sighs> I don't know his name anymore. He was kind of a good looking guy, but he would do this character like, I am the Italian lover. <laughs> And he would like purse his lips. Do you remember him? He would wear a white 
suit, like Ricardo Montalban Fantasy I think Island I do suit. this guy. He's like, you know, I would drive my car, I look in the rearview mirror, which is full length. <laughs> and and a lot of it was really funny, you know. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was a funny comic, a good yeah. writer. And I remember he was on TV because when I was a kid, I saw him on TV. So he was doing like, you know, he was doing okay. Yeah. Um. But. You know, then there was that tipping point where someone told me that they were getting ready to do a show and he was putting on white blazer and white pants and he was just fucking somebody kill me. Oh my God. Because he couldn't, he couldn't get out of it. You know, he's like, well, it it, it was. Because you can't all of a sudden one day turn around and be like, now I'm going to do me. Yeah, let me talk about, because I think the. It's not like an actor. Yeah. You can do a character and then go, you know what, now I'm going to turn it around. I think that's also, it's like if you do a soap opera as an actor. Right. For 30 years. There's yeah. some people who do that. And there's some people that are like, I'd rather be an accountant than be on a soap opera for 30 years playing the same character. I mean, I like to think that has to do with artistic integrity. It doesn't. It's just like a personality type. It's like you're bored or whatever it is. I don't think I could play the same person for 30 I, I would get like, ugh, I'd have to do something I think, different. I so, think it does affect your personality. I dated a soap, op, uh, soap opera actor who was that character for a long time. And and there are aspects where you're like, wait, you're doing like some, I just saw you do that on TV. Like, yeah. It's like, it does. It's it's weird. I think mentally it would well, fuck with you. Also because I think that when, oh, this sounds so pretentious. Are we Can we be pretentious? <laughs> um, I do think that the reason people get into like things like acting comedy is because self-expression and they have something that they want demons they want to exercise things they want to express a point of view or whatever it is and sometimes it gets sidetracked sometimes you do work that doesn't have that attached to it but as you continue to do work you keep finding different ways to express your soul and yourself Mm -hmm. whatever it is so if you put yourself into one track for 30 years yeah that isn't even your true expression of who you are yeah then then it just becomes a nine to five job. Then yeah. it just be, then you might as well be might on as well Wall be Street. An you know, yeah. then, why, then right. why are you an artist? Why right. are you an actor? And I know that sounds so well, grad school pretentiousy, but it's no, also it's true. And the, and the money plays a factor. You know, depending on how long you struggle, when you get that one job, and you're like, okay, oh, yeah. you know, this is what I'm going to do. What's hard about it is that you work so hard to get there, and then when you get there and you do that character, like I remember having a conversation with Brad Garrett, and he. You know, obviously it was great as Robbie on, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond, but that was anything he auditioned for. They were like, eh, we still see Robbie. It's like, you know, that was a character. I can do this character. And George Hamilton. I managed George Hamilton. It was the same thing. It was like you work so hard and you have success in this area and it feels so good. But then it's a double-edged sword because then you're stuck. Yeah, yeah. And he was able to, Brad was able to break out and now is doing a lot of other things. Yeah. But I know there was a period where right after Everybody Loves Raymond, it was dry. Yeah. And those that's are, hard. Those are very, very high-class problems. Exactly. But Listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? But it is it is, it is a problem. Because well, ma- ma- you still want to work. And yeah, just what course. you're saying, if you're a true artist, you still want to create. Yeah. And that's what I think is great about stand-up is that, you know, if you're not doing a character and you're doing you... You can always get up and have that self-expression. Yeah, That's, even if it's even if you bomb, you're like, well, at least I said something. Even if you didn't open believe. open mic or whatever, yeah, you just you you have an ability. That's what I miss because I started in music, and you know, musicians, we would just get together and jam, or we yeah. would you know sit in with a band we knew that was playing, and so you were always able to perform. And then when I uh, I had actually lost my voice, I got nodules on my throat, I had to stop singing, and that's how I kind of got back into acting because I did it when I was a kid. And acting, it's not, it's not, unless you're doing plays, it's not that. You know what I mean? You got to kind of wait for an audition. Then you of get, course. You know, I mean, maybe you're doing work in class, but it's still not, you know, you can't do it at your, whenever you feel like of it. Of course, yeah. But yeah. stand up, you can. Stand up, yeah. Absolutely. You can get up can. whenever you want to get up. Yeah. Now, being that you're an actor and a comic, do you feel like, what do you feel about that? Do you feel like, because some people feel like in order to be really good at comedy, that that's all you can do, that you can't really you know, pursue other things or try to pursue acting? And do you feel that that comics can make that transition over to acting? Or do you feel some people are just actors? I don't, I, I don't know. I just hard and fast rules about anything yeah. involving entertainment or arts just feels a little silly to me. I just feel like there's so many people who are able to do so many different... I mean, look at someone like Jared Leto, who is now considered a really good actor mm-hmm. and is also one of the biggest rock stars in the world. And then you have Jamie Foxx and yeah. 
people just you, you create whatever path it is that works for you now do I think that my acting and or my comedy has suffered because of the other mm-hmm. probably a little mm-hmm. bit on some level what do you prefer do you have one that you like more than the other I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying I think that because acting is uh, kind of come and catch all like just waiting for the thing that happens mm-hmm. in comedy you just, like I almost identify more as a comic because it's something that even if I'm not even doing a gig for a week let's say mm-hmm. I can still write comedy I can still work on jokes I can still right. stockpile jokes so on a day-to-day level I definitely identify as a comic more but I think like in my heart and soul mm-hmm. I, not only do I identify as I identify as like a theater actor like a blue collar roll mm-hmm. up your sleeves get down there snot and tears method act yeah chain smoke you know that's how that's kind of like who you are you think who i because i look at i don't want to like blow up too many people but i i, I was uh <laughs> let's do it Bill. Uh, but i was doing um <laughs> i'm gonna be doing our uh, reno in a couple weeks not to brag <laughs> and um and uh because someone fell, fell out i'm like the replacement guy which i'm okay with i don't mind okay. being the replacement guy um <laughs> So, like, people are like, I'm not going to be second. Yeah, I'll be second. I'll be third. I'll be f- I don't give a fuck. Just give me a job. <laughs> Just give me a job. So, um, so someone fell out, and, and, and Harry, the book goes, hey, Bill, can you, can you, you know, you can choose your MC in your feature. Mm-hmm. And so I'd worked with a couple of the same guys before. So I said, oh, maybe I'll just post on, like, Facebook, like, hey, hey, anyone, I'm going to be, anyone interested? MC. By the way, the money to MC in Reno is, like, no transportation, right. no stipend, and like 700 bucks for a week. Right. And for uh, a feature, oh, that's MC, and the feature is like 900 bucks. Right. So it's with no transportation. Right. You got to get up to Reno. Um, and then it's also Reno. So yeah. um, I, you know, I just posted that you would not believe the amount of people, not only did the amount of people that contacted me that, by the way, had shows that they promoted that they booked never asked me to do. Right. I, I would be like, hey, I hear you have a show. Maybe I can get on it. Yeah. Nothing. Crickets, crickets. Right. Hey, Bill, blah, blah, you know. So there was just like all these people who are, I'd say, hey, or check out my film. It's on Amazon. I'd love if you could watch it. Yeah. You know, and uh, nothing in response. And then the, like literally 30 seconds after I posed this, hey, Bill, could, could I do your thing? That's fine. I get that. Mm-hmm. But then the second thing is, then they would go and contact Harry and be like, Harry, uh, you need a feature. First of all, I'm the headliner, motherfucker. Yeah. Don't contact the yeah. owner of the club. Yeah. Because then Harry's contact me going like, I, why, Harry why got messaged by, I put it, I was, it was on Facebook for a half hour. <laughs> I got about 50 messages. Harry got yeah. 10 people met, mess, that's completely wrong and inappropriate. And inappropriate. whoever did that, like, it's, you shouldn't be doing that. But that's when I go, I'm an actor. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a theater actor because that's like a level of desperation yeah. for like, I need stage time. Yeah. That's so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really, actually I don't really want attention mm-hmm. in life. I mean, I want some because I want money and stuff. Right. But like if I could write scripts and write pilots and be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You would and do it. Still get hot girls. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So all these people are like, hey, I need stage time. I had this situation and I don't give a shit. I'll say this, but like yeah. so, you know, Eric Myers was supposed to be my feature here, and he okay. is going through some stuff. He had a he had a he had a drop out and he relapsed, whatever. It's all fucking who cares. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know it's that. pretty public right now. Mm. But he he relapsed. See, okay. So I'm out of town and I'm talking to my neighbor who's an open micer going like hey what's going on with with uh eric can you find out he's like i don't know i can't do this i I need some stage time right now (laughs) i mean it's just the funniest like i can't do it i need i need to get on stage for what to to express what he's going through no no that's not that's what my neighbor said i said what's happening with eric is he okay He's like, I he's, he's he. By the way, he had to go to the hospital. Wow. There was blood. There was police cars. There was Shit. all this crazy stuff. And I'm out of town. He's in my apartment, Eric. So I'm going, Mia, oh, what's going on? Fuck. And she goes, I can't talk about this. I need some stage time right now. Oh, my God. And that to me is like, then I'm not a comic. That's gross. Because wherever the fuck that is, is not me. 
Yeah, I mean, I hate to say, I don't, I don't think that's comics. I think that's, you know, <laughs> open micers. I mean, you know, when I worked at the Laugh Factory, Jamie put me in charge of oh, the open mic God. and the show and the showcase, which I come from, like you do. I come from theater. I come from bands. I come from, you know, and the level of desperation and weirdness. It was like the worst job ever, you yeah. know, and people saying things to me like, you know, I can't feed my kids. And if I don't get this showcase wow. and I'm like, you might want to get a job. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> first of all, this showcase process is not going to be like you're going to be in a showcase and bam, headlining on Saturday night. It's like it doesn't happen that way. You know, yeah. comedy is a really long road, yes. like really long road, like 10 yeah. years, 15 years, Unless 17 you're a really years. hot woman. But still, I've it's been 10 years that I've been doing stand up. You know, I mean, I took a long break in between and got married and had a life. Yeah. But um, you know. <laughs> no, but honestly, what happened, what happened was, uh, you know, I moved here and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do anymore. Actually, what happened was when I produced that film um, and I, I've kind of been I don't want to speak for you, but I've kind of been like that's where I toss back and forth. You know, yeah. I do stand up for a little while, then I just get sick of the fucking game and yeah. sick of the whole, all the bullshit. And then I go back to acting. Cause I, I feel the same way you do. Like that's, I think that's, I really love, you know, acting, you know, yeah. I just don't love what it takes to, you know, and, and what I was getting cast in wasn't interesting, but if I could write my own stuff and produce it, which was what I did with that film that, and, and we'll talk about your film. Cause you did that too. Yeah. Um, you know, that was way more interesting to me. But there is a level of desperation. And um, and people will always say, like, oh, yeah, how do I? It's like, just do the work. Like, just yeah, do the work. No just be willing to do the work. I mean, when I when I first started doing stand-up, I got that. I started hosting a show at the Ha Ha on Monday nights. Oh, yeah. And that really helped me a lot because I got to go up a lot, you know, in between each comic. And, and I, you know, people like Chris D'Elia, like Chris D'Elia started coming to the Ha Ha hanging out and he would say to me like, Hey, can I get on your show? And I'd be like, Chris, it's like completely packed. I go maybe at the end. And he would wait he around would wait. all yeah. night long, man, of to course. get up and do like five minutes about jeans. He had like this, je yeah, you know, the yeah. jeans bit. And so, I mean, that's it, a struggle, yeah. man. He put yeah. in the time, he put in the he put time, in time and the work. Towel. And, and I didn't have that. I didn't have that luxury as much to put in that kind of time. Like even when, um, like Pesci had made a call for me at the comedy store and Tommy was like, yeah, like come down, hang out. It was all about hanging out, hanging yeah, out. Stay till two FaceTime. in the morning. Put in some FaceTime. Just put in some We want to see you here. Like I'll put mm. you up around like, you know, two in the morning. And I'm like, I got to take my kid to school. It's seven in the morning. Like I can't, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you know how hard is it to get a babysitter and be like, listen, I'm going to be gone till maybe two, maybe three. Like, I don't know. You know, it was yeah. just rough. And then I wasn't making any money doing stand up, yeah. So it was like, it was hard, you know? So that's why I started doing my own show because then I had a little bit more control. Like, okay, I have an eight o'clock show at the improv. I get to do stage time and you know, and I, I think I'm kind of a born producer anyway. So yeah. I was like, that makes sense to me. But it's a grind. You know what I mean? It's a grind. Kayvon was one of the open micers that I passed through on Jamie's oh, thing. Wow. He came through. And I remember Lorraine, Lorena, what was her name? Remember the, she was the publicist at Laugh Factory? Oh, vaguely, yeah. She's like, he's not funny. You're just putting him through because he's cute. I'm like, so what? So what? Yeah, that's a solid, that's a solid reason a solid to point. through. Yeah, because yeah, you're looking, looking and he looking, does... You're looking at someone on a stage. Yeah. And there's not very many, you know, guys that look like him that do stand up. And he wasn't yeah. horrible. Yeah. And then uh, Jamie liked him, yeah. you know. But I learned a lot from Jamie, too. You know, Jamie would say things, and at the, you're right, at the time they don't make yeah, sense. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, oh, that makes actually a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, he was right about so many things. And, and the Russian thing, so yeah, so I, I did that Russian character for, for a month, and it was great. And the funny thing about that, I don't know if uh, you knew this, but AOL, this is how long ago it was. AOL was interested in me. <laughs> wow. They wanted me to come and pitch. And this, so this is 2005, probably. Mm -hmm. This is like my first year or two of doing stand up. I think I started 2005 or maybe it's 2006. It was definitely before. I think I met you in 2009, right? 2000. No, no, no. No, no, it was before that. Was it, it? Yeah, we know each other a longer time. Okay. Um, so, because 2009, I was on the road for I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Oh yeah. Okay. So it was before that. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So I went to LOL. He goes, "What pitch do you have?" And this is when I was doing the Russian character, right? Because I would do the character, and at, and I hadn't been working on the accent that much. I was yeah. kind of winging it, but people, and particularly drunk audience members, 
they're like, oh my God, what part I write? You know, they had after the show, <laughs> like they would talk to me like, that was, must be weird being here. And I was like, and I, and I, I wouldn't shake it. I'd be like, I was like, yes, I'm worried about being deported. It's very difficult. I keep the character going. Okay, and, I I keep, and they were like, and no one would ever. And then one week, Jamie goes, I go, Jamie, I don't want to do the Russian anymore. I was going to make a stand. He goes, okay, do a different accent. And I think Johnny Sanchez and I were talking about this. Johnny says, just do, he goes, dude, just do an accent that's really weird for like a week so that he gets sick of it and then yeah. go back to being you. Yeah. So I did an Indian accent, like dot, not feather. In. Right. I went up there, hello, I am from New Delhi, and I, I did an Indian <laughs> and accent. And you couldn't look more not Indian. I know people don't look at me, and I would, I would talk about how I was a white guy in India, and I, and I was like, that's so ridiculous. After the show, people come up like, Oh my God, so what part of India? And I was like, are you fucking kidding? It just made me realize how gullible. So when I went to LOL. This also is in LA too, where people are just like, oh my God. Yes, but combine that with like the stage and yeah. then, you, you know, sold it. And then they're drinking. So people, yeah. you know, and I was like, what a great way to like con people. So then mm. I said, what about this idea that I'm this Russian guy who's here illegally and I go out and I galvanize a group of people to uh, like come out with me after and then like I'm kidding on a girl and then my wife from Russia is there like well, and the chase is me we yeah. have a big chase scene or our immigration comes and be like a it. prank thing and it was like but like but I'm this character this Russian character I think my name is Yorge you know Yorge and uh and <laughs> and we take and everyone I, me and only a few other people in a joke everyone else is completely duped and it's all about tricking these people and they're like oh that will never not and of course a year later Borat came out mm-hmm. it was like a smash hit but it was like I'm not saying that was my idea, but I'm saying that that idea was obviously an idea that might have actually worked. Yeah. You know? For sure. So so then, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. I did the Indian thing for a week. Jim's like, but I don't know about the Indian. It's kind of... <laughs> I used to love when he would go, me. you tell Bill that Steven Spielberg was coming tonight and saw him and... Oh, my God. Did, ...thinks he's a racist. I go, do I really have to tell him that, Jamie? You tell him to stop doing those jokes. People yeah. think he's racist. Yeah, and that's another. That's also another thing about Jamie too. Is he'll say something where you're like, "Buddy, you know we had they had the NBC come and see you, and he don't like a joke." And I'm like, "Uh huh." And then like the next day, my friends like, "So I was with the president of NBC, and they saw you, and they thought you were." I'm like, "God damn it!" I know he's like every once in a while you're like, "But you're telling the truth about most of this shit, huh?" Right. Or more than, you know, every time you want to discount him, he's like, no, he knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that uh, the time that we were sort of all hanging out there, like there's some of those people that have really, like Tiffany Haddish is just. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's just nuts. I mean, well, she's probably one of the biggest rags to riches stories in the history. Yeah, you were saying Sebastian, but I think, well, I mean. Well, Sebastian's been grinding for years and building his base. But as a, I mean, it's not like before. Girls Trip, Tiffany had a fan base for comedy. No. I mean, she was she was always funny, funny and Tiffany good, and yeah. stuff. And But if you put her name on the marquee, people weren't showing up. No. Because, oh, I got to see Miss Tiffany. But now you put her name on the marquee. And yeah. It's, well, it's interesting because I think her acting is really strong. Like, I yeah. saw her in Gerard's show. And um, do you know that story? Do you know where she was like? Like filling in for somebody. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah crazy. That. Like for don't, the table read, right? Yeah, don't ever, don't, don't ever cancel table. Don't read. ever cancel that's, table. That's going to be like people. a legendary holiday Hollywood story. Well, by a friend the way. of mine, Anna Ortiz, the same thing happened to her. You know, same thing. It was like somebody didn't show up. She went in, boom, she got the role. Yeah. So it's like you got to be careful. You know, I would, I would get somebody. I'd get like my my housekeeper Lupe. Just go, just go read the table read, okay? Yeah, just Lupe is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the way it would be, right? They'd be like, you know what? We do see her Spanish now, not Italian. <laughs> To more people out there for her. But um yeah, when I saw her on Gerard's show, I was like, Oh yeah, she she knows how to act. You know a funny story is she um she auditioned for my film Before the Sun Explodes on Amazon Prime. Anyway, so very good. I just watched it. She we'll audi- about she it auditioned for it for the lead the lead role. I mean for the lead role they the, the, What do you mean for the girl? The girl. No, I couldn't see that. Because she couldn't see it because the film the film ended up sort of shaping around the actors as opposed to the other way around. Okay. So the role was kind of written for me, and then I kind of came on and started, like, co-writing. But um, – and so that kind of shaped around me. And then they had this girl, Sarah, who was a horror film slasher actress, not mm-hmm. really a comic. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of the – sh- the script kind of – and then it became sort of um, 
But Tiffany, I remember Tiffany came in. They, they were casting the widest net imaginable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were looking at um, like everyone from SNL. Who's the the heavy set girl in SNL? Oh, I know you're talking about. I see her face. She kind of looks like Melissa McCarthy, but it's not. But it was like, yeah, it was like they weren't yeah. from like really like older people and younger people. Today. Um, and it was like months of for looking for this person. And I was mm-hmm. doing, I was reading with everyone. And then Tiffany came in. And I remember Deborah the drug says, I said, what do you think about Tiffany Haddish? And I was like, same thing. I was like, that's kind of an odd yeah. choice for this role. If I was like, uh, well, uh-huh. I don't, I mean, she's cool. She'll come in, I'm sure. And I called her and I asked her to come in. And she came in and she, and it's just a lesson that I had to learn. Because she came in, I think our car had gotten a flat tire. She was late. She came in with her heels clacking. Her fly, oh, <laughs> let me tell you what the hell's going on. I'm coming in. And, and then she's just a boom, like. Well, bam, Tornado yeah. Tiffany comes yeah. to the room, and then she goes to audition. Her lines are wh- wherever the fuck they are. Right. The sense of the scene is wherever the fuck it is. Right. But she was 100% authentically yeah, her. the girl that everyone loves right now, yeah. just like her, and, and, yeah. and also funny, also yeah. Yeah. Not naturally funny, and also she understands is. comedy. Yeah. And the combination, they offered it to her in the room. Wow. They go, we want, and she, the director's <laughs> like, can you do our movie? And I was literally like, "You're like this never happened." She to didn't anybody. know any of her lines, but you're missing. She was just yeah. paraphrasing. Yeah. Into a key, and I was like, and they were like peeing their <clears throat> pants. I was like, and she was funny, but it was also like, is this the movie we're making? No, like we're, it, it wouldn't have fit. I don't think. Well, it would have been a completely different completely movie, different obviously, because yeah. now it's like a very modern. It would have been like a like. It would have been the cover of the movie would just have been Tiffany, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it would have yeah. been like. Uh, just a completely different movie. It, and, and who knows? First of all, it definitely would have, you know, something would have happened when that movie was. For sure. But here's what's funny is I remember uh, she wanted to do it. And so I called her. And they're like, you got to convince her. I, there's some scheduling pill to convince her. I had known her for a while. So I said, hey, Tiffany. I said. Where was this in her career? This pre-girl so this trip? this the story. Okay. So I go, I go, Tiffany. I say, she goes, I love that part. I would love to do a part like that. Never get cat parts like this. I go, Tiffany, this could be great. This could go to like. Deborah and Zeke have both had films at Sundance. Film they both had yeah. films at South by So this could really be a big thing for your acting career. Yeah. And she goes, I, I go, I have a, I have a couple uh, callbacks this week that, like, I don't know, I, I might be, uh, apparently they might like me or something, one of them callbacks. And I was like, what? It's like, one's a movie. It was the guys from Key and Peele. And other is this series that Gerard Carmichael is doing. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll wait to hear if you get yeah. those. Like, she's not going to grab me. Right. And of course, she gets them both. <laughs> You're like, oh, She has a fucking big studio feature and a huge NBC series. And, and That's then, crazy. And she still was like, Bill, I'm going to try to do it. But by that wow. point, when she booked those two things, just yeah. like. The machine was The just, machine just came yeah. in. It was like, get this little independent yeah. Yeah. thing out the fucking what way. What is that? That's not happening. Yeah, your agents are like, yeah. they just yeah. close the ranks around They listen to you. They're her. like, yeah, no, I think it'd be good to stretch out and, you know, and in the room, yeah. they're like, not Yeah, because when you book like a, a, a studio feature and a network sitcom at yeah. once, yeah, the entire, it's literally like, <laughs> you know, it's like the, yeah. here it is. People yeah. come that were never around. All of a sudden, they oh, come yeah. out of the you woodwork. Have a team. Hey. You have a team. The team cares. The team's all talking about you. So let's talk about this film a little bit because, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, they can they can get it on Amazon Prime. I saw or it on, on iTunes. iTunes. Oh, you saw it on iTunes? I saw it on iTunes. How much was it on iTunes? Three ninety nine. I haven't seen a penny in that goddamn To rent it. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the oh, money well, thank we you for either. supporting. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> no, it was very good. I mean, you did really good work in it, I thought. And the reason I think it wouldn't have been the movie for her is that um, I thought it was kind of cool how the lead and the wife kind of look similar. Oh, yeah. I thought that was that was important to it. Yeah. And then the, the, the love interest, I guess she's the love interest, she kind of has a... Um, there's sort of like a like a creepy-ish type vibe to her that I don't that Tiffany I don't think Tiffany's straight over the plate for me. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see yeah. it as creepy. No, it's funny because you're right because Sarah she does a lot of horror films. Right, I could see that when you said that that made total sense to me. But she doesn't play like the, the slasher, but she has she has a vibe to her that's a little bit like I'm, I'm and and this is gonna sound really shitty to say, but it's not because she's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And she's really talented, but there's something just slightly on the spectrum about like 
she has a kind of like a stiffness and there's something slightly sort of like circumspect about the way that she like registers people and stuff like that. That does, I think, is a little creepy. It's a little bit like, it's not yeah, like this warm, like kind of like no. Lucy thing. It's not like with like, the, yeah. It's, it's very authentic to who she is. Now, who wrote the script? So, originally, so this guy and Zeke Farrow. And how did you get involved? It's, this, is how, this is how this business is so silly. So, Zeke Farrow, I used to date an agent at Don Buckwald a bajillion years ago. She's like my first girlfriend. And I think she used to represent, or Don Buckwald represent this guy, Zeke Farrow, as a writer. And okay. he, had a, he had a script. Um, this must have been 2004, 2003 maybe. Um, and it was basically like Glee before Glee. Mm. I think it was called Drama School. And it was basically uh, all about Eve set at like Yale School of Drama. Oh, that's interesting. And, it was, and I remember it was really, plot, yeah. really good. But I've always had this because I'm a little bit maybe on the spectrum, but I've, I was always like an engineer. So as a, as a script sort of doctor or writer, I've always been very like methodical and logical. Okay, we need this. this, this. So I told Zeke, I was like, and I did the reading and I said, hey, Zeke, it's good. But I think I go, can I like give you some notes on the script? Mm -hmm. So... He says, sure. So I gave him notes. And of course, I'm just like OCD about this shit. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I gave him like 20 pages. And he took it and he ended up selling the script because wow. of it. And he would always, and I, we never really kept in touch, but we'd always sort of like, I'm like, hey, man, you know, this really like, you got me my agent, like that mm. helped me and all this stuff. So we sort of kept in touch because of that over the years with read, with I would do a reading of this. Right. And he would really bring me in the readings for very small roles. Mm hmm the idea being that I would be a part of the reading and then I would give him notes on the okay. script, right? I was like a free script doctor. And he goes, hey, I want you to do this reading. And I came and it was like, <laughs> you know, like stand-up comedy, funny, but hasn't broken through, 40, a little bit of a sad sack <laughs> loser, can't have a successful relationship, doesn't know what he's doing. It's like, I was like, <laughs> whatever, whoever, who's going to play this loser? Right. Yeah. So we, and so I was playing that part in the, in the first reading and I just, you know, I used to be like, oh, I got a reading. I better get my Sharpie and get my, you know. But after um, Tiffany's reading, you're like, fuck it. I'm no, just I mean, going I mean, in like, and doing I mean, me. I'm talking about like, uh, like table, like yeah. around a table. I'm not talking about right. auditions. So I was like, I used to prepare and worry about, oh, this reading could be my big break because people will watch. Here, and then I was yeah. like, what? Well, I'm just going to show up. And right. here's the script. Okay. Yeah. And I just showed up. I didn't read it beforehand. I read it on the, you know, the read. I mean, we we're in front of like 10 people. Mm-hmm. It was okay, and I'd met Deborah, who's the co-writer of it. Right. And, you know, walk out, and then Z calls me like a week later. So he goes, "He goes, listen, Bill, man. Um, so uh, I think we might actually do this film." I was like, "Deborah isn't really sold on you as the lead actor." I go, "Oh, he goes, he goes. I should tell you this. I wrote the part for you. Hmm. Like I wrote it for with you in mind. Right. Like I don't, you know, so." We're gonna do another reading, and now you got to go in there, and you got to fucking take this role, you know, like yeah. get the role that was written for you, motherfucker. Yeah. So then I was like, oh shit. So then I like prepared and wrote my own stand up for it, and and then mm -hmm. it came in and um and did it. And uh, the process after that was just sort of like then once I was attached as me Zeke and Deborah, then it was a uh, question of workshopping and rewriting and changing it up because it was a very the subject matter was very. I mean, the ending just that you saw was mm -hmm. such a and even now, people are like, what is that ending? Some people love it. Some people don't like it. But the ending was changed a billion times. There's a lot of moving parts. I like the ending, actually. Yeah, I did, too. Did you, did you feel that was the strongest way to end it? I, I did. I, originally, the ending was, and this isn't a spoiler, the ending was that she kills herself. I thought that's where it was going. You know. Yeah, and that would have felt like, okay. Oh, yeah, that would just felt like a little bit like Anna Karenna, like... She yeah. can't get this D, she has to kill herself. You know yeah. how it is. It yeah. was just a little bit. But then people thought the way it ended now, they're like, so what happens next? Which I think is good. Well, I actually, when I was watching it, I thought, this could be a series. That's what that's what my agent said. That's what that, people said. I think yeah. that was that was that was how I would have done it. I yeah. would have done it as a series because it is interesting. The characters are interesting. Um, and they could all exist after that. They could all exist after that. And you kind of saw, I mean, I just saw, you know, obviously I would, I would focus more on him trying to get the break. You know what I mean? Like yeah. always going for that break, always coming close, always because I think people, even if you're not an actor, you can relate to that in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And uh, I think the home life was really strong. Like that could be developed. Even the sister shit was really funny. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then and then she, I. The only thing is, I just don't even know that she needed to be a comic because there's all those girls that what do they call them? Chuckle fuckers. Chuckle fuckers you know yeah. what I mean? That would have been a way to go with her. But yeah, you know where? Because I didn't feel like that was the only my only note. If I had a note, was like I don't. I didn't feel like her stand up played into any, any of the. Yeah, reasoning right. behind it, it was just like a way for them to meet. If she would have been a cocktail waitress, that would have even been more like, yeah, hey, can I you drive right. me home? That's a good or, point. You know, the because owner not of the to club, mention because you know, there's anything that happened to me. Yeah, and I think they do have. A, I think they kind of insinuate that she kind of got into comedy, kind of stalking this guy. Yeah, and then but they wouldn't have been on the same show on the same level. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. maybe she would have been an open mic or something. He came yeah. by to work out new material. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it, but that's that that's where I would have. Well, the funny thing about this, so when they apparently were first coming up with the idea and they came up with the idea because they had two uh, other scripts that were in development hell. And you know, you have a studio's interested and then you're waiting, waiting, and you're like, fuck it, let's just make something. And the original idea was going to be about a singer. Mm. when they first started initially thinking about the idea of a singer. And they're like, well, we don't really give a shit about what the actual thing is. It's yeah. just a thing that lends itself to this weird voyeuristic kind of stocky quality that we want this movie to have. So then Zeke's like, oh, well, my friend Bill's a comic, and that's not Oh, happened. that's how they came so, um, so did they make it before? The, did they how – how was the process? Did they have uh, something – like did they make it on their own and then try to – Attached. Um, they they put a lot of their own money. Okay. Deborah had, um, I think Deborah had some investors. Mm -hmm. By the way, when Tiffany was offered the part, this is well before anything she. But just because of the fact that she was an African American woman, mm -hmm. Deborah was like, I can get an extra seventy five thousand dollars just with her attached. Wow. Just FYI. Wow. And, and she had some sort of some, name, but yeah. but uh. But it was long before Keanu or anything like that, Keanu or anything. Anyway, so um, the the thing that was really interesting about scripting big, so they kind of reverse engineered the comedy into what they had written. Mm -hmm. So when I was reading the script, I'm like, well, this isn't how. A lot of times, I was like, this is not how comedy works. Right, right, right. So the initial s scene where I bomb on stage, right, right? which is so real and genuine. It, 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 oh, here's the funny thing. Here, Not that oh. you bomb on stage, no, but I, <laughs> I was remember so that. accurate, like, Bill. It was just like it was yesterday. No, no, I mean that the, the, from one club to the next, how you could be killing with the material, you go to another yeah. club and it's just like, but here's crickets. Yeah, but here, here's the problem with it. And this is what, and we had like, I, I mean, we had like fights about this, like arguments about this. My point was, look, don't make him a shitty comic who ha who hasn't gotten a break. Right. Make, make him a good, make a comic good comic who hasn't gotten a break. Who hasn't yeah. gotten a break. Yeah. And people recognize that he's funny. Mm -hmm. And when he bombs, I go, you can be a good comic. Mm -hmm. I've seen plenty of great comics. Me too. Bomb. Who A, bomb, and B, just on the night where they really shouldn't bomb, they night bomb. Well, it's the night that they need it. The night that they need yeah. it. They, yeah, like something happens, and, and, and not even necessarily bomb, but just not have the set that they normally yeah. have. Stuff yes. that normally kills isn't working, and then, and then also like the anatomy of a bomb. I it's not always the same, but it does usually go like one of two ways. One is the person isn't getting the laughs that they mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. They start getting the the cotton they mouth. They start tripping, yeah. and and they just don't deliver it in the same same way, right. and they kind of just it sort of peters out. Right. They'll still get like if they're a professional comic. They'll still get little titters or yeah, da da da, or, yeah. and it'll be a, just a mediocre set. Yeah. Or they'll bomb in a way they start bombing, and they're like, "Am I? Is this a church group? What the yeah, fuck?" And they're, yeah. or, or, or they'll say it something offensive, and they'll split the crowd, and they try yeah. to dig themselves and make it worse. Happened so, last night. I watched it happen last night to somebody. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, it happens all the it time. Almost happened to me. It almost happened to me last night. And then I and then I and then it became one of the best sets of my life. Really, it was that crazy because I said something like, "Oh, I said something." I was just doing like all this like race stuff and like I was like, "You're a Jew," and people are like, "Oh," I'm like, <laughs> "Really? Can I call you a Jew?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "You people," and 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 but the audience was like so, and then somehow like 
everyone like settled down into this place where it felt like we were really having a conversation. Right. It felt very weird about right. like what it means to be a white man, a Native American woman, a Filipino man. Yeah. It was very, it was, it it was got very one deep. of the most intense. Con- anyway, so the, the way that I bombed this movie, although it, it's authentic in the sense that like you, you feel that thing in your chest like, ooh, it's also sort of not realistic how a comic bombs. Because I go up there and I go, I do a, a simple joke. It's not one of my f- favorite jokes, but mm-hmm. it's a joke that um, works. Right. It's a joke that would work on TV. It was a joke right. that worked anywhere. Blah, right. blah. And so I was like, oh, man, I'm at the age where I should be married. It's like it's a question of my life. Do I stay single or get married? Single, married, either, either I sign for a lonely existence, just jerking off to porn every night, or I stay single. It's a, it's, it's a great joke. Yeah. And so, so you already established that Sarah, who is not a comic, right. and is not doing stand-up on stage because right. she wrote it herself and she's not a comic because she's right. like I have a stalker and people are like ha, ha, ha. Yeah. you know so you have her killing right. just talking and I go up there and I say that first joke yeah. and one person goes huh. yeah, I, and it just felt like and I told them been, I said, I, said, I, said make, I go make a, I, I go make me bomb in a way that makes sense yeah, so that it just doesn't look like he's just a shitty comic. See, I didn't take it like that. I took it like, because you had the day that you had, you've had this when you get on stage as a comic and you're just, it's just, I felt like it was the way you entered the stage. Yeah. yeah, So I took it as, and I've seen this happen, pretty girl on stage, not funny, but everybody's laughing, you know, I mean, it does happen. You know what I mean? And so I felt like she was just having a, you know, they liked her. They just liked her. And I've seen that happen too, where they decide they like you. Material's not great, but they like you. Yeah. So I thought it was a little bit of that. And then I thought I took it as, especially because the way it was shot, it was like your shitty day that was happening to you, yeah. not necessarily the material at all. Yeah, because you know I was kind of I mean? sweaty when I show up. I'm a yeah. bit like, hey, guys, I'm a, you know, um, but. And your he, wife, I mean, the last thing you hear is like, well, I don't want to give anything away. But you know what your wife says to you before you walk out the door? Like, that's a heavy, that's some heavy shit. And then yeah, you've got to go know, on I know. beyond. And I, I'm, all for, I'm all for that. The problem is, I told him, I said, you're making it look like he's just a bad comic. And that's that's the story of a shitty comic who's holding on to a shitty dream oh, who shouldn't I be doing it. And they're yeah, like, I guess no, every fucking review. <laughs> and even reviews that love the movie. Yeah. Like Bill Dawes playing very unfunny comic, Kent. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> you're like, this is a mistake. <laughs> like literally for me, like he plays a very unfunny comic, but he does a great job. I'm like. Because those are my jokes. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's not like, I'm like, oh, no, my jokes are... Because I do those jokes on stage. They're funny I mean, jokes. And they, yeah. Yeah. they murder. Yeah. The joke about like... Uh, the British guy and the blowjob. Yeah, that yeah, joke murder. That. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Uh, I, I know it's not like the insecurity of my jokes, but I kind of go, you could have done... I think there was something more interesting... Okay, it's like the Drew Michael special, right? Wait, no, I just want to say one thing. I, it might have been more interesting if you weren't bombing and that guy that's still what got said. up and walked out yes, and took the phone call. That happens all the time. Because if you if you go out there and I'm doing a set and then they and they, you know, shot it, filmed it, I'm killing, and then you make people audience members laughing and da 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 da. And either there's something, there's a turn, or I stumble, or the guy walks out and da da. And then at least when the guy walks out, the people are ha, huh, and then it's like I'm drinking at the bar mm. as opposed to just miserable flatline, flatline, yeah. flatline. Hey guys. And I'm drinking at the bar. I just felt like they could have created like a different dynamic, a dynamic where you could root for the character. Go like, Oh man, yeah. like rough break that this guy was a dick and didn't stick around. Well, yeah. And I think there could have been a little bit more development on seeing him do more sets before that. You know what I mean? So this is you, all part yeah. of the conversation. And I was yeah. like, I will pay for, I will pay money. I was yeah. like literally going, I'll oh. sacrifice my salary. Let's yeah. do another night there. Let's put, yeah. put videos of me from, TV or whatever it is, yeah. the old Laugh Factory sets. And you, ha- and you have to fight. It's, it is a fight. You know, when I produced uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens, um, there's a scene uh, where, you know, Paul Servino's character has to get so angry about what's happened to his daughter that he is getting ready to, like, go back out and kill somebody. Yeah. And they didn't want the daughter to have any bruises on her face. And I'm like, but we, but as, a, as an Why audience, not? we need to get so upset. Yeah. We, we need to be okay with him going to commit a murder. And the yeah. only way anybody's going to be okay with that is if you see your daughter and her face is bruised and you're an Italian father. Yeah. And I fought for it. And I was going back and forth and back and forth. And I Why, was putting what my What was the reason down. no? 
I think maybe the actress didn't want bruising on her oh, face. And, you know, it was just like one of those things. And the director was like, it's not necessary. And I'm like, it's completely necessary. And I went back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, yeah, I'm putting my foot down. We got to do this. And because it was my husband's brother that was financing the film, we had a little bit of power. We had power. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it was yeah. like, no, it's got to happen. And when you see the scene in the movie, I don't know if you like, watched it, but if you see the scene in the movie, when she turns around, her eye is black and her dad sees it. It was, it was like, it made that whole it thing made that work. Whole thing, of course. But I think if you don't understand story and structure, and sometimes people that produce movies, it's just like, let's just, let's just get it done. Let's just, they're thinking of other things. And you yeah, have to think yeah. about, as an audience member you're taking this ride with the character and so I it didn't jump out at me when I saw your film because I felt like it was more about where his head was at and that's yeah, why it yeah. had a shitty set but I get what you're saying it's like it it was a little like everyone's killing and then his is like well it's silence. also like like and I'm actually going to come to this guy's defense because all so many comics I know are just this guy Drew Michael who has his HBO special that Jared Carmichael directed mm-hmm. um I've done shows with that guy. I've seen that guy in New York. He murders. Mm. He's a brilliant comic. Super smart. Super. I mean, like really smart. I'm like, hey, man, you're great. He's like, yeah, man, thanks. I'm like, oh, you're arrogant, though. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so his special on HBO is done with no audience. Mm. So there's no, like literally no audience. So What's, it's just him with cameras. Is that an artistic cameras. decision? Yeah, or? it was an artistic, Gerard Carmichael, it was an artistic okay. decision. They kind of die. So there's no laughter in it. It's just mm. him telling jokes and stories and no laughter. And the result is everyone I know who doesn't know Drew Michael as a live comic go, that guy's not funny. Ugh. Because yeah. there's no laughter. Like, he's just not funny. It's yeah. like if you listen to the Big Bang Theory on YouTube, they have Big Bang without a laugh track. Yeah. It's just... Then it's like, these are the corniest motherfuckers yeah. who ever yeah, lived. Yeah. So Drew Michael's special, without laughter, you don't realize how funny he is. He is actually right. a really funny guy. So I think the same thing with my set where I go with that bomb. I go, you, you inevitably you're going, oh, this is a, he's playing a shitty comic. Yeah. So it's not just my ego, although it's a little bit part of it. <laughs> Attached to my jokes, it's yeah. also just like this is why this is not the story that we need to tell. Well, it was also they they packed the crowd. That was another thing too. So it was like kind of a packed crowd. So a packed yeah. crowd Saturday Night Laugh Factory is like to listen. I've seen way worse jokes kill. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like jokes that are not even that good. It's just that energy of Saturday yeah. Night would have been different if there was like two three people in the audience. Or you, you got to work a little yeah, more yeah. for it. Or sometimes you come up and you do like a little impromptu thing where you just say, "Hey." like a little joke or maybe something and and it's flat lines mm-hmm. that isn't and then you oh then you have to try to resurrect yeah. the set i had a moment like that with uh, uh i was at the laugh factory and jamie still put me on those transitional spots like mm-hmm. after the 10 o'clock show into midnight yeah it's fine because now at least i'm getting paid on them but right. and i'm like i'll take those midnight spots because right. the truth is i'm not worried about following whoever the hell it is I'll yeah follow, even tony rock it doesn't matter yeah um but uh Mark Hayes was the MC. Do you know who he is? Mm, I don't know. Mark. He's like tall, good-looking Irish mm. guy. So he's like, he's got a real Irish accent. He's like, oh, okay. he's like, okay, this guy coming to stage right now. I've known him from Ireland my whole life. You know, his whole thing is, <laughs> yeah. he always introduced people like that. And I was like, I said, give it up for fucking Mark. That guy, that bullshit accent. You guys were buying that. You're buying that bullshit. He's been putting that thing on for all, for the past two weeks. You guys have been buying that bullshit. This is real. He just hopped up a box of fucking Lucky Charms. That guy. This is how you tell me. And I went in there for a bit. No one was laughing, right. which is okay, because I was like, well, they'll laugh when I drop out. I guess I was just fucking around. I go, I'm just fucking around. I'm obviously not Irish. Crickets. Like, nobody doing the accent wasn't funny. Dropping out wasn't funny. <laughs> and now I'm just some asshole who just made fun of the MC. And I'm like, ah, I got to figure out how to get back into the... And it took a few minutes to yeah. get people back into the yep. show. Yeah, you never know. That's the interesting thing about... That's the great thing about stand-up. I think that's why it is, like, yes. the only true art form left is that you don't get it, like, back to one... Well, it's and come the, back on stage and do a different bit, Bill. I was also thinking about in the political world that we live in. Um, I love that I have a cold because I have that sexy little gravel right now. <laughs> um, it, it, it feels like the only place where what you say on stage is truly protected by the First Amendment. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. It's truly yeah. like, I was thinking the last time a comic said something on stage and they got an trouble for it and not talking about like joke thieves and stuff like that but like mm. um remember when tracy morgan was like oh if i saw my son 
with another bot to kill that motherfucker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then someone wrote it down. Mm. And then I think, and then Joe Coy got in trouble for talking about if he found his son was gay, he'd have to stab him or something like that. It was a good joke. It was like a stupid, you know. By the way, it was also years ago. Right. Um, and that that got, in the, you know, blah, 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 and was in the papers for a bit and they calmed down. But I can't remember since then the last time a joke someone said on stage no. got them in a lot of trouble. I'm trying to think. No, Which I is great because I'll say stuff on stage now where I'm like, if I tweeted this, <laughs> I would yeah. never work again. Yeah. But I can say it on stage. Yeah. I mean, I'll say stuff on stage that are just, uh, and if I tweeted any of that shit, I was like, I, my career would be done if anything ever happened. Yeah. And you're also in a very unpopular category right now. What guys with big dicks? White men. Oh, white men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are out. But that, I, I love it. People are like, oh, it's so hard to do comedy. It's the best time to do comedy. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. I go in these crowds and people, they, and I just, I, I take it. I, I, I love it. I love it. If they go, oh, look at this douche. It's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a douche. I'm a douche. <laughs> like this is, this is, I do a whole thing about, actually the, this whole bit I'm working on right now. Which is, it's tough to figure out. I know it'll, it'll work when I really get it. Yeah. But I talk about like, you know, everyone's talking about I'm a white man. We're the problem. Mm-hmm. We're the reason the country's going to, to shit. We're the, we're the patriarch. It's like, we're not, the, we're not the problem. We're not. There's some Illuminati behind the scenes shit going. You know who the real problem is? The real problem in America? Mm. White women. These are the most having their cake and eating this group of bitches that ever lived in the history of the world. And I go to this whole thing about like how white men are just basically following the lead of white women and just trying to follow their, you know, their directive the whole time, do whatever the fuck they want to do. And like, yes, dear, whatever it is you want to do. And the minute, you know, we grab an ass, they're like, <laughs> so it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to play with. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when it when I'm when I'm doing it well and I'm getting people on my side when it's an all white male cr- audience <laughs> no even when even when it's like even with first of all no because when I go white women black women Puerto Rican women black they all men turn on they're everybody. like yeah hell yeah white bitches they all turn on, on and, white women and in it's a not like I don't feel that way and not that I do feel that way it's also that I don't not unfeel that way it's like there is there is truth. I always think about when I was a kid, I was on a soccer team and we had a chance to go to Europe. And I was like, and I never left the country. I was like maybe like 12 or 11 or something. And our traveling team was going to go to Europe and play soccer. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to go to Europe. And uh, there was some, within a few months where there's some fucking, I don't know, some train station, someone put a bomb in or some, some bullshit little four people died because of some, dumb thing in Europe and uh, next thing I know the trip's canceled I never went and it was literally like the equivalent of when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real it was like the most crushing blow of my youth and it was some fucking soccer mom who wanted to virtue signal how much they cared about their kid I'm not gonna let my kid go to Europe why couldn't just they not go just that child not go why did you guys have to not Because go that soccer mom was like, meh, 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 meh. Which fit. made the other side be like, I love my kid just as much. <laughs> the other mom goes, <laughs> So they all have, to, it's like this, it's like, and this is such a Republican word, so I hate using it, but like virtue signaling. Mm. It is this whole thing. And I think it is the 100% the purview of entitled white women in America mm. to virtue signal about how much, I mean, it's the same thing with like veganism, shit like this. It's like, if you want to be vegan because you want to, it's fine. But don't come at me with your veganism like you're better than me mm. because you, you don't eat meat. Like, yeah. I'm such an unwashed mess. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think the, look, the polls right now, apparently, like, they're like, well, maybe Democrats aren't going to take back the House and the Senate after all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of these fucking, some of these Ultra liberals are just going like too crazy with this shit. And you're like, just relax. Yeah, there there's something to be said about being more in the middle. I think. Oh, but if but if if you say something that's in the middle, mm. as a as a white man, if mm-hmm. I say anything, if I go, well, maybe Brett Kavanaugh isn't the devil, mm-hmm. then I'm obviously a white nationalist, Trump supporter, like a 
about to join the Nazi party, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Depending, depending on where you live. It, it, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 But it's 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 so it's it's a little crazy. Like moderate isn't really a thing. If you say anything, if you go, yeah, that's pretty bad. But then they're like push me over to the alt right automatically. It's very bizarre. So the result is the only thing I ever say on Twitter or Facebook or in person is like, yeah. yes, dear, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you keep your Twitter pretty. Oh, I do now. Clean. Think about how many careers have been jeopardized because of Twitter. It is insane. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that and a lot of, you know. People, I mean, look at Trevor Noah books, Daily Show, and these stupid trolls scour his feed and, oh, but look at this sexist comment he wrote. Melissa Villasenor, book SNL, look at this, uh, Leslie Jones, oh, look at this, da da da. James wow. Gunn. I mean, I don't know what the James Gunn thing is, but like, oh, he wrote, he made jokes about pedophilia. See, I remember saying this when this all first started. You know what I mean? It was just like, I think it's an Italian thing. We're like, hey, what's that thing? Like, don't say anything you don't ever want played back in court. Yeah. Like, I was always a little like, you got to be careful. You got to be, be really careful about writing anything down. You know, that's why sometimes I'll be uh, texting back and forth with someone and it'll be getting into like a gray area about something. And I'm like, call me. Let's yes. have a conversation. I'm not going to write down because out of context, what you say <laughs> can look can look bad, especially as comics. Absolutely. We fuck around all the time. and But I see these things on Facebook where it's like these long, my husband loves to do this, these long, oh, you know, yeah. paragraphs about shit. And it's like, yeah, and, you know, your work knows your Facebook page. You got to just be careful because, you know, you don't know everybody's political views or where people stand. And, you know, and I, I stay away from all that in my comedy because I don't know a lot about politics. I mean, I have like silly jokes about it, but I don't, I don't get heavy with shit because yeah. I don't really know, you know, I just feel like, um, I feel sometimes just, it, just in life, things need to swing sort of out of control mm -hmm. to kind of come back and be for in sure, the middle. Sure. And I think that's what's happening now. It's swinging way this way, but you know, as far as sexual harassment goes, like when all that stuff started to happen, it's like, I've never worked at a job where I haven't been sexually harassed. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it just kind of became what it is, you know, and it is different. I think because men hold power that women don't hold, you know, most, most club owners are men. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're a female comic, there's just you that sort of weird comics, thing. You know how many comics Mitzi Shore fucked? How many male Good comics for her. she fucked? <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And, I, and I'm not saying that, like, listen, if you want to sleep your way to the top, that's your business. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong in that if that's yeah. what you want to do. But I think if there's, like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, I got to kind of play this game or whatever, you know, because that's the only way I'm going to get in there. You know, it's kind of yeah. shitty. And I also do feel as a female comic, like, you know, Jamie used to always say, sweetie, we have to make sure there's African-American on every show. Yeah. I'm sorry. African-American men are not the minority in comedy. If you look at all yeah. lineups everywhere, it's like very few women, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even now, you know, comedy store has gotten a little bit better, but it's still 80, 20, you know, 80, yeah. 20%. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Brett Ernst has a great joke where he talks about, you know, how there's a lot of women jobs that they get paid way more than men. He's like, female models make a shit ton more money than male models. He's female, like, yeah. yeah, he's like, and in porn, I don't even think guys get paid. <laughs> like, so there is a, some balance. But anyway, I know you got to get out of here. You have a show tonight. Tell people where yes. they can find you. and You guys can find me at the Tropicana Laugh Factory on Las Vegas Boulevard until I have shows. This will come out maybe Friday. This yeah. is Friday. Today's Friday that, Today's we're, Friday. that we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, so Friday uh, 8.30 12 because Andrew Day's Clay is on 10.30. Oh, he is? And then oh, Saturday 8.30. So basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday 8.30. 8.30 comes yeah. to you. And then yeah. he's doing a show after and you. And if you, if you mention uh, Andrea Town, you can get in free. Look at that. Look at that. Come down and that? mention Andrea Town. And then um, and what, what else is coming up for you? Where, where are you after this? Uh, I'm actually going to be back in, uh, in Vegas soon with Don Marrera for his birthday week. Wow. Here. At the Laugh Factory? At the Laugh Factory. And like wow. I'll have to come down weeks. for that. Yeah, How's he doing, Dom? He's great. Tom's great. He's such a such a. You know, he was actually in. We shot him for before the sun explodes. He was the yeah. MC for the show. I heard him. I heard him. Did you? I heard him because I oh, I heard yeah. him and then I saw Jamie and I was super confused. But you hear Dom's voice. You hear. I think at one point you hear Dom's voice like in the background. But yeah. Yeah. 
And he was doing like crowd work with the audience, but as a character, and he brought me up, he goes, he goes, you guys, you know, sometimes, and he, this is like, oh, you see someone who's like, such a, such an inspiration, such a like a once in a lifetime performance. And you're like, you, you really want to see where this guy is going to go with his life. Um, this guy isn't one of them, but I'm going to bring him up, you know. <laughs> That's he great. He's like a classic. And, and, and he was destroying. A, oh, like, yeah. Because they're he's like so extras great. and they're all just like, ah. And he's and it was so goddamn funny. And what happened? Why'd they cut it? Because I said, Deborah, why would you cut Dom Herrera, who who is like a yeah a legend, a, a legend? Yeah, he's like a, a treasure. I mean, it, yeah. it le- instantly legitimizes the movie. He's in an Italian American treasure, Dom Herrera. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and she's like, nah, because I don't really care about the comedy world. Oh God! And I was like, well, that's yeah. that's your problem. But she yeah, thought he was, was he was in um that. Did you watch that show on Showtime? Oh, I'm dying of dying of here. Yeah, I saw the first couple episodes. Second I, season's great. Yeah. No, I, I know there's a lot yeah. of great stuff about yeah. it. I love Santino. He's, I think he's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really great. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming down. Yeah. Coming up. Coming up to Summerlin. Summerlin and coming drive. into Andrea Town. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, you guys. Bye. <laughs>you guys really enjoyed that episode bill is a very interesting guy we don't agree on everything but we uh we've been friends a long time and it was great to have him here and i'm gonna go check out some of his shows at the laugh factory and as for me i have shows as well you can always uh go on my website andreanatoli.com and also please subscribe to the podcast and comment and uh yeah keep in touch with me i love to hear from you guys thanks see you soon or Hear you soon? I don't know. Bye. Doesn't matter if it comes from me. Girl, you know we probably both agree. It's just jealousy.